Hiring and retaining frontline supply chain workers continues to be a major struggle in today's market. Workstep is a leading software provider that has partnered with manufacturing companies to help them better understand the true reasons behind their workforce turnover and take action to improve it. Workstep has successfully helped many leading companies reduce their frontline worker turnover by up to 36%. Visit workstep.com to learn how you could do the same and protect your bottom line. The future of work isn't about shareholder value, technology, metrics, or automation. It's about being human and putting people first through actionable love. Welcome to the Love in Action podcast, where we hold deep conversations with extraordinary people to help you grow as a leader and expand your business. Here's your host, Marcel Schwantes. Welcome to another episode of the Love in Action podcast. We are the show that explores the powerhouse business principles of love and care for competitive advantage. Glad you could join us. And please spread the love by sharing this episode with a friend, a coworker, a boss, an employee. And if you like the show, we would be grateful if you could leave us a review on iTunes as well. We are in interesting times, aren't we? This great resignation, which has been dubbed many things, the great reshuffle. I like that one because, well, that signifies change at a time when we can't find people to come work for us. And, and if we do, we're struggling to keep them on board and retained. Many of you who are part of the supply chain network in providing goods and services, well, you understand that there is a supply chain workforce shortage. And I'm talking about those extremely valuable frontline workers. Many of them are paid by the hour. You know, these are the people staffing our grocery stores and, and restaurants, those people providing waste management services, the people operating public transportation, the ones delivering things to us. The shortage of these frontline workers is, is a real thing and it's reached critical mass. You know, many of these frontline workers, well, we celebrated them in 2020. They were those essential workers that went above and beyond when this craziness, this pandemic broke out, right? Like I can re remember back when you had these frontline workers working for manufacturing companies and other places that would ensure that, you know, people in hospitals, patients and healthcare providers got the supplies and, and, and personal protective equipment and masks, et cetera, that we all depended on, the frontline worker. Now, fast forward to May of 2022. This is when we are recording the show and we're seeing empty shelves, late deliveries and out of stock supplies. And this is affecting the whole entire nation. And much of it is rooted into one simple fact. Companies just can't hire and retain enough frontline workers. With turnover hitting over 55% in 2021, according to a figure that, that I saw, we're now trying to better understand the, the frontline worker, you know, and the hourly employee. Amazon and Walmart, well, they throw higher pay and, and sign on bonuses and other incentives to attract and keep their workforce. And, you know, despite it all, 
Amazon's average warehouse worker still leaves within just eight months. So what exactly are truck drivers and, and warehouse workers and retail people, what are they looking for? This is where it gets interesting. A recent study came across my desk that, well, it's gonna open up some eyes. It opened up my eyes. The study was conducted by Workstep, a supply chain hiring and retention platform. Workstep surveyed 18,000 frontline workers across 150 companies to find out, hey, what's going on here? What are the reasons for employee turnover? So I learned from that study that the average cost of losing a frontline worker is nearly $13,000. In fact, the cost can exceed $45,000 for more skilled roles. And a whopping 75% of turnover, well, it could have been prevented if companies knew the real pain points within their organization. We're gonna drill into those pain points in a minute. So I wanted to learn more and so I've invited the CEO and co-founder of Workstep, Dan Johnston, to join us to talk about that study, as well as how Workstep can provide the solution to hire and retain your frontline workers. A little bit about Workstep. They are one of those companies that, that I love to feature on the show because they closely align with the Love and Action message. They are the leading provider of frontline workforce retention solutions purpose-built for the modern supply chain. Workstep's hire and retain platforms provide HR, finance, and C-suite executives what they need to hire frontline workers. Not only that, but you know, engage them throughout the whole employee journey and then act on those critical insights to drive change and, well, ultimately, what we're all after is to reduce turnover. Workstep customers includes hundreds of manufacturing, warehousing, retail distribution, and transportation employers across North America. Their mission is to make the supply chain sector a better place to work for employers and employees alike. Dan Johnston is the co-founder and CEO of Workstep. Prior to founding Workstep, Dan served as a senior leader at a third-party logistics warehouse in Oregon. In that role, he worked with frontline hourly employees one-on-one, and well, Dan has the insights into the challenges they face on a daily basis. And on the other hand, he also understands the perspective of supply chain leadership and the struggles that management teams face in hiring and retention. So Dan created Workstep with both sides of the coin in mind, and now he's driven to continue making supply chain employees feel empowered while also helping businesses cut costs, boost productivity, and ultimately grow. Dan has worked with some of the largest companies in the world to help them transform their approach to workforce management with cutting edge technology. And he now joins us. Dan, pleasure. Welcome to the Love and Action Podcast. Marcel, thanks for having me. And I appreciate the lead-in. Yeah, this is going to be a great discussion. I don't normally feature, well, I, I don't put the spotlight on something so specific as, as the, the frontline worker in a kind of supply chain you know, network. So this is really unique for us. So before we dive into your work and you know, how you do things at Workstep, we always start the show with this. You ready? Yes. What's your story? 
well, Marcel, like you mentioned, uh, my story really starts as a warehouse manager. I was the manager of a third-party logistics warehouse in suburban Portland, Oregon, that imported trampolines of all things from China and distributed them to DCs and e-commerce orders throughout the country. And, and like you said, that's where I saw firsthand just how detrimental that temp staffing model is to workers in the frontline space in terms of garnishing their wage, in terms of preventing them from moving up within an organization, and in terms of driving this like constant accelerating turnover for the companies that contract with temp staffing vendors. And that stuck with me. And you know, between then and now, I found a couple of other technology companies, both in the education space, but always wanted to get back to this challenge of really how do you build a technology ally for this segment of the workforce population that was and is increasingly in need of one? And how do you help frontline workers improve their job so that they can live a better life? I love the fact that, again, and I did this in my introduction, Dan, is that you're really taking care of both sides, both sides of the table, right? You're empowering not only those, like you said, those frontline workers, but also managers that work in the hiring process. And, and they're so busy that they really don't have this focus on the retention part and the engagement part of keeping these hourly employees, you know, happy and engaged. So I appreciate the fact that you do that. And we're going to get into all the, how you do that. But I, I, I introduced Workstep um, a few minutes ago. So I want to hear it in your own words as the co-founder of the company. How would you describe Workstep? Yeah, uh, at Workstep, we help large companies better hire and most critically retain that frontline workforce across their supply chain. So we empower companies with software that help them source better fit hires and help them understand why their employees are leaving, what they can do about it, and how they can measure the impact of those initiatives. So like you said, it's a it's a win for both sides because if a company can bring in better fit candidates and can increase their job satisfaction and retention, the worker wins because they end up a place where they actually want to be, where they can move up, advance, get raises, learn new skills. And the company wins because they're not fighting this constant cycle of frontline turnover. Yeah, perfect. Okay, I want to get into the study, right? Because that's how you guys came to me is I found out about this work step study that was really conducted late last year. So the results are, if I'm, tell me if I'm correct, the results are really from uh, the findings from Q4 of last year. Is that right? Yeah, this is from workers who were hired in Q4. Q4. Okay. So I wrote this ink article, by the way, for my listeners to know that highlighted that study. And I'm going to put that in my show notes. So that study really got my attention. So I'd like to drill down on the findings about the top factors that contribute to to turnover uh, for employee, you know, frontline employees. So let's start off a little bit first with the background before we dive into the findings. Talk to us a little bit about set set it up, set the stage for us about that study. Yeah. So what, what's interesting about that study is when most people think about trying to determine why people are quitting their job, they think about, oh, well, let's just ask them after they quit. Right. Let's say, hey, why did you quit? And that's a very reactive approach to trying to identify those reasons. And it's also possible to miss 
the true reason that led a worker to quit with that sort of like after the fact self-assessment. So what our technology does, I know we'll talk about this later, is it enables organizations to check in with their frontline teammates at scale at key milestones in their journey. So if you join a new company, you might get a a check-in after your first week and after your first month and throughout your journey. So then what our technology does is it works to understand what is different about what workers are saying at their seventh day for the cohort that quits by their 14th day versus the cohort that stays through their 14th day. And that actually ends up being a much better predictor of why people are actually leaving because the sentiment that you have before you leave is really what's driving you to quit. And so it's sort of across the industry, we're then able to build these data models that say, okay, here is what is actually driving workers to quit based on the sort of correlation of that feedback data and the outcome data. Perfect. Okay. I'm dying to know, let's jump right into those top five factors maybe, or through top three, I'll let you decide how many you want, you want to talk about that's contributing to employee turnover in, in the last quarter, right? Of 2021. Yeah. So consistently, since we've been studying this space, the top driver of turnover is career growth. Those employees who don't feel like their company is investing in them in the same way that they are investing in the company, who don't feel like there are opportunities to grow their skills, grow their wage, and grow their career within an organization, are the employees who are most likely to quit. Those workers who feel aligned to that growth pathway are the workers who are most likely to stay. And that is the number one turnover driver across the industry. And that makes sense, right? Because especially you mentioned the lead in, in a world of plentiful jobs, if all of the buildings across the street are also hiring, the reason to stay is because you believe the future is brighter where you are than it is starting over somewhere new, right? And so especially in this market, career growth pathways are incredibly powerful for keeping your talent in-house. So that's Number one, by a country mile. Number two, and typically what people expect to be number one, is compensation. And that's actually risen relatively quickly. I believe probably because of the rising inflation numbers, right? With gas at $4.50 a gallon and uh, you know, you know, cost of food up over 10%, uh, people are having more and more trouble making ends meet. And so if you are making $14 an hour and you have the opportunity to leave to make $19 an hour, that can be the difference between building credit debt and and being able to to make it work. And so career growth is number one, compensation is number two. Number three is surprising to some people, which is job expectation alignment, which is basically... uh, is the job that was presented to a prospective employee a match to the one that they actually end up doing? And so this is basically like, you know, is everything being whitewashed, rose-colored glasses on the way in? And then the job is actually much more physical, much more overtime, uh, much more dangerous than was advertised. 
that is a, a very strong driver of people leaving, which is like, hey, this isn't what I signed up for, right? And so, wow, I might have thought this was a fit for me. Now that I'm here, it's not. And, and it wasn't fair the way it was presented. And now I'm going to go try to find something that is what I'm looking for. Yeah. What's interesting about those findings is that the pay is important now, but it's interesting that it wasn't the top factor. And you still, you still mentioned career growth, career development. And, and, and that has... I mean, that has been been going on for decades now. I mean, you can reference Gallup's research, you know, for the last 30, 40 years. Employees just want to be able to work for a company that where they are going to learn and grow and develop, not only as employees, but also as human beings. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, we could talk about what drives supply chain workers to quit. We could talk about what drives software engineers to quit. We could talk about what drives podcasters to quit. We'd probably end up looking at many of the same contributing factors, which is that human beings want to develop. We want to grow. We want to learn new things. And we want to believe that the future will be better than the past. And when you aren't able to articulate that journey to an employee or to yourself, you're going to run into motivation challenges. It's just human nature. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so take all the findings. Did anything jump out at you that you go, oh man, this is really surprising? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, for us, uh, none of it is, is as shocking because it's actually relatively consistent quarter to quarter and year to year. I think what a lot of people find surprising is just how low schedule ranks in terms of those drivers of turnover. So out of 13 themes, schedule ranks 11th in terms of um, the amount of turnover that's being driven by scheduling challenges. And I think that's counterintuitive for most people because they think, oh, if we really make our schedules more flexible, um, we would be able to keep people, right? It's it's the rigidity. Uh, but the fact of the matter is the schedule is something typically that pretty well understood when you take a job, right? And so uh, if that doesn't meaningfully change, like if I was looking for a night shift job, it's now day 10 of my night shift job, I'm probably not going to quit because I'm working the night shift. Like that is what I intended to do. Uh, so what tends to drive people to quit is when things are different than what they expected. They don't have the safety they expected. They don't get the feedback they expected. They don't have the career growth opportunities they expected. That is when people tend to vote with their feet and leave an organization. Mm -hmm. Okay. So those are the results from the last quarter of 2021. So talk to me about what do you think? I mean, would these findings look any different now, as we head into Q2, or as we're well into Q2 now, 2022? Uh, it will remain to be seen as we continue to study these movements. I would imagine that, relatively speaking, right, career growth will continue to be important. Compensation will continue to be important. Uh, safety will continue to be important. Now, one thing that's worth noting is at a market level, as we look across hundreds of large companies, the list is relatively static, but at a micro level, if you look at just one building or just one company, these themes move much more quickly because a company sees they're having challenges with safety. They invest in changes to training and practices, 
workers become more comfortable within that environment and meaningfully less turnover is driven by that challenge. And so the market is relatively stable quarter to quarter, but with groups of 100 or 1,000 or even 10,000 workers, these things can move much more quickly as companies respond to the challenges that they are having. Yeah. Dan, I want to get into what you've found to be the, the biggest mistake that supply chain employers, managers are making during the great resignation. And we're going to unpack that after a quick break. Hang tight. This episode is proudly sponsored by Workstep. Workstep's Retain is the first ever supply chain workforce retention solution. It bridges the gap between hourly workers and their managers to make frontline employees' voices heard throughout the entire organization. Workstep research found that 75% of turnover can be prevented. And with Retain, companies are seeing a 36% reduction right off the bat. Retain prevents turnover by empowering frontline employees to give anonymous feedback throughout their employment journey. Management is able to uncover satisfaction levels, challenges, turnover drivers, safety issues, and more to proactively drive action and track resolution. The platform also alerts management when it's time to check in with new employees and at key milestones in their career. And makes it easy to schedule one-on-one check-ins, which is a key to building stronger manager relationships and deeply understanding employee sentiment. Through tracking the health of the frontline workforce in real time, businesses are then able to benchmark satisfaction and retention across the organization and against industry peers. Workstep constantly evolves its retained product to meet the growing needs of its customers and improve efficiencies. Schedule a demo today by visiting go.workstep.com slash retain. Okay, so what's the biggest mistake that you have found supply chain employers are making right now? I mean, certainly not Workstep customers, uh, but at a market level, the biggest mistake people make is not empowering and truly listening to the voice of their frontline teams, right? It's, you know, years ago when we started this company, there were definitely organizations who really just had no interest in being a great employer. They sort of viewed their frontline teams as this like replaceable units and they come and they go and it's not a strategic priority for us to really treat them well. We're not hearing that anymore. Right. I think part of maybe a benefit of this challenging labor market is that every company wants to be viewed as an employer of choice because it's good for business. And so from that, uh, really to prioritize how you address worker challenges, you need to be able to objectively collect that voice of your distributed team in real time, analyze it, understand what the real challenges are act on it, and then close the loop with those workers. And I think the companies that struggle are the ones where that process is really more like, oh, what are you hearing? What are you hearing? You know, let's sit in a room in an air-conditioned office with a group of people who haven't worked a frontline role in a decade and try to guess 
what the most helpful thing we could do is and then hope for the best. Um, and that is, it's really easy to do. I mean, it sounds funny, but that's what a lot of the largest companies do in trying to address these things. And they, they come from a good place, which is like, what could we do to make workers happier here? But if you're just guessing or just basing it off of an anecdotal story you heard, uh, you're unlikely to hit at the root cause of what's causing dissatisfaction and turnover. Mm. So, Dan, um, Workstep also just conducted some new research that uh, that I was made aware of. So I want to shed some light on that uh, now. And, and let me cite some stats for, for my listeners uh, from this new study. And I want to ask for your insight on it. So you found that 41% of management teams never ask their frontline workers for feedback, which is astounding to me. So for the organizations that that do ask for feedback, 70% of employees say their voices are not being heard. You mentioned that already. So these stats stats are, are, are shocking to some people especially given the historic turnover that we're seeing today. So why do you think employers are not actively engaging with their workforces and doing something as simple as providing workers with feedback? Uh, you know, in short, because it's hard at scale, right? Which is to say, if you run a network of 100 warehouses and each of those warehouses has 100 employees, Scaling that feedback collection, understanding those challenges, addressing the right challenges, and closing the loop to ensure that the worker knows that they were heard is an incredibly challenging process, especially if you also want to allow for anonymous feedback. Like, how do you collect anonymous feedback and then close the loop with that worker to let them know that they were heard? It's very hard without the right technology. And so, I think that, you know, historically, in many of these contexts, manufacturing, logistics, transportation, you might have 30, 50, 100 frontline workers to each HR leader or even supervisor. And so with those sorts of ratios, it's also, you know, challenging to adequately listen to and take into account the voice of all of those teammates. Yeah, which is goes right right back to what you guys are doing in the world as you've positioned yourself so key in in the supply chain network or management to actually capture those insights and empower those managers right with data so they can act on things as as they happen and we'll we'll talk a little bit about what works workstep is doing what i want to do now dan is is i want to ask you to speak to the supply chain leader right now on this labor shortage. So from your perspective, as a leader of a business who helps others hire and, and retain frontline employees, what would you say are the underlying factors contributing to this issue? I mean, in, and how bad is it? Well, the labor shortage is quite bad. Uh, there is a boom of demand for supply chain talent. While the supply, especially of skilled workers, has remained stagnant or declined. And so in that sort of environment, it's going to be very hard to hire and retain your people. And what industry leaders are waking up, realizing and embracing is that if we want to win in this market, 
we can't do it on talent acquisition. We need to invest in talent retention and talent success because if we are able to, instead of needing 10,000 new hires next year, maybe we only need 7,000 new hires next year. And that's 3,000 less incredibly hard to find skilled workers that we'll need to go compete with everybody else in the market for. And also, it will help our average productivity. It will help our team morale. It will reduce the number of safety incidents we have. And it will, at the end of the day, save money to our bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. I meant to ask you this earlier. We're very practical. We love to have sort of how-to strategies to retain employees. So I'm going to bring this question back that I should have asked a while back. So for the businesses that you work with, talk to us about the maybe one or two retention strategies that are most successful these days uh, when you talk about the the um, the frontline worker. Yeah. So especially when we're talking about the frontline industries with typically very high turnover, that new hire period is going to be very critical. You know, many organizations lose half of all of their employees during those first 90 days. And so, you know, really focusing in on how that talent acquisition process pairs to that sort of onboarding experience and pairs to the actual role is incredibly critical in terms of driving the sort of aggregate turnover numbers down. So focused, especially on the new employee experience, and then work to understand the challenges of your workforce and how those tie to outcomes, right? That is at the core of what we do. But you know, I, I said earlier, schedule ranked 11th out of 13, but it might rank number one for you. And in fact, it might be contributing 60% of all of your turnover. It's just that if you're not getting that feedback and then tying it to outcomes, you don't know. So focus on the new employee experience first, understand what's actually driving turnover second, and then work on that, right? There's no like one size fits all because even within one company, the number one turnover driver for one building might be the number nine turnover driver for the building that's 20 miles away. Mm, mm, okay. I want to transition to talk uh, to you a little bit about your leadership and your your background, because you have a unique background working in in the blue collar space and as a warehouse manager coming up the ranks. So you, you've, you've been there. You know exactly what it takes. So what would you say is the most important leadership skill that you learned, you know, coming up the ranks as a warehouse manager in those kinds of environments? Yeah, I mean, you know, putting aside, uh, you know, uh, first of all, I, I didn't have the opportunity to come up the ranks uh, in the warehouse. Uh, I was fortunate, I suppose, to start uh, at, at that management level. But, you know, generally, as far as leadership principles go, the same applies if you're managing a warehouse or if you're managing a technology company like Workstep, right? Like the core principles of what you're doing are fundamentally the same. And I think the most powerful lesson that I've learned over time, to be clear, through mistakes, is that you need as a leader not to focus on what you need or want, right? So as a warehouse manager, it might be like, I want to meet uh, productivity quotas. I want everybody to show up. I want to get accurate orders out on time, right? That's what I want as a manager. Uh, or, you know, today at Workstep, I want, you know, 
our technology teams to build great technology. I want our salespeople to sell more quickly and to more new companies, right? Uh, but you need to instead focus on what your employees want, what your teammates want, right? Like this person who is working as a warehouse associate, what does he or she want? He or she probably doesn't want the same things that you do. He or she probably doesn't care as much about that productivity rate, that attendance rate, that sort of like on-time order rate. Uh, That's what you care about. But if you can figure out what your teammate cares about and then try to help them achieve that in a way that maps to your goals, you're going to be much more successful and people are also going to be much more responsive to you as a leader. Mm, Okay. I want to talk to talk to you, to you a little bit about mistakes that uh, that supply chain managers or employers make these days. That you know, when it comes to attracting, hiring, retaining frontline talent, would you say is there one that flows to the top where you go, yeah, that's a big one. This one happens often, and it's almost maybe it's a blind spot, right? That we wanted to address. So, what would you say that is? There's two that comes to mind not to cop out. Uh, One is just overutilization of temp staffing. You know, temp staffing is called temp staffing for a reason. It's meant to be used for temporary needs. Like we got an extra three trucks today and we need to swell up our workforce by 10% to process that volume. Or we are a retailer and we need three times as many employees in December as the rest of the months, right? Like that is a great usage for temp staffing, but those organizations who use temp staffing as a way to not bring on employees all year long or as a way to not need to go find employees for themselves suffer the consequences because temps on average turn over about four times as frequently as full-time employees. So you're just fighting this constant battle of frontline turnover. And then the second, uh, you know, most critical error is to assume that your frontline teammates really all they want is the role they're in and the paycheck they get, and to say, you know, to think or say things like, you know, workers like your manufacturing floor employees and your truck drivers don't want anything more than what they have today, and that what the company is providing them today is more than enough. Danny, if you could give um, one last piece of advice to the supply chain leader listening right now, what, what would that be? Whether you buy from Workstep or not, ensure that you're listening to the voice of your frontline associates, analyzing what they're saying objectively and ideally in real time, and acting on the true drivers of turnover. You can do that much more easily with technology. But no matter what, you need to do it. Yeah, yeah. This is an interesting question. It's traditional on the show. So as we wind down here, and it's unique that I'm asking someone that comes from um, a warehouse environment where you know we we think warehouse environment is it's 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 a place that it's tough and uh, you know you have to just suck it up and and just get it done get the job done right so this question may come across as squishy but yet it's not so here it is we always like to ask the leadership love question love in this sense is a verb not an emotion right so. 
In your own words, in today's day and age, when you talk about people empowerment and uh, taking care of the employees, et cetera, what would you say is a great way to lead with care and love day in and day out these days? It's an interesting question. I think it comes back to the leadership principle that we were just talking about, which is really doing your best to view your teammates, not in terms of just their role within your organization, uh, but also in terms of uh, who they are as a person, both inside and outside of work, and to do everything you can to ensure that their role within your organization allows them to become the person that they want to be at work and outside of work and to really use work as an opportunity to help that person live the life, work and otherwise, that they want to live. That's the most empowering thing that a leader can do. Could not agree with you more. That almost speaks to that number one reason for turnover from the survey, right? Which is career development, career growth. Is it's, We want to empower our people to succeed by allowing them those opportunities to develop themselves. And you know, what's interesting is, you know, I come from um, um, the servant leadership model of leading. And sometimes we have to even acknowledge that we we want our, our workers to succeed, even to the extent that we may lose them to a competitor. But while they're under our care, right, under our roof, we're going to do whatever it takes to empower the heck out of them so that it makes business sense. Because if if we are empowering them and, quote, loving them well and caring for their needs, of course, they're gonna. There's gonna be a higher a, a, a higher return on their energy, and of course, productivity. And we already we already covered this, and the literature's all over it. So it's interesting that uh, the the way that you framed love in that sense does speak to what the literature and some of the surveys, the ones that you conducted, uh, are pointing to as well. So Dan, before we wrap up here. Could you please share a little bit about your hire and retain solutions with our audience? I mean, I read that your technology helps businesses reduce turnover by 36% right off the bat. And so I'd love for our listeners to learn. Many of them are in the supply chain space. Many of them are HR people. So talk to them about the products that are, are driving these successful outcomes. Yeah, so uh, I'm glad you asked. At Workstep, we build software that helps large companies better hire and retain their frontline teammates. Uh, we have one solution, Workstep Hire, which is talent acquisition software that automates the process of sourcing, screening, and placing that frontline talent at scale as an alternative to temp staffing or job board advertising. What that does is it helps workers build their profile, represent their skills, their tools used, their preferences, and then uses all that rich information to match them to the opportunity that they are the best fit for and that they are most likely to stay in. We pair that with a tool called Workstep Retain that is retention management software built for large frontline teams. And that solution automates the process of collecting feedback from those distributed, typically hourly teammates at scale. 
It analyzes that feedback to identify imminent turnover risk and helps leaders close the loop to ensure those workers feel heard and those issues can be proactively addressed. And then it ties that feedback to actual outcomes so that every company can see not just where are workers dissatisfied, that's easy, but what points of dissatisfaction are leading people to quit? What can we do about it? So like for this challenge, what are our peers doing that is working? And then how do we measure the impact of the actions we're taking on workforce turnover and workforce satisfaction? Perfect. Dan, we bring it home with two traditional questions on this show. Personally, what is really tugging at your heart right now that you'd like us to know? Yeah, I mean, I think we touched on this earlier, Marcel, but right, you know, right now it's it's a very hard time. Uh, not that it's ever been an easy time uh, to be a low and in many cases middle-income American. You know, real wages are shrinking as inflation rises faster. Uh, than compensation. And that is making it harder and harder for people to make it work with their current compensation. And that leads to stress. It leads to challenges. leads to all sorts of pain points. And that um, is a real challenge that the more than 1 million workers on WorkStep face on a day-to-day basis, which is how do you, you know, build a successful life in a world in which costs are rising so quickly. And finally, you get to bring us home, Dan, your way with a closing remark or maybe a key takeaway to keep us inspired. Yeah, I mean, I think that obviously we think a lot about workforce management and retention. And I think that Really, it provides businesses with this rare opportunity to address that double bottom line, which is, of course, by investing in your employees, making them happier with better growth pathways. You can save money on turnover, on you know all the costs that are associated with that, both hard and soft. So it's a good business decision. But it's also the right thing to do, right? You as a leader have the opportunity to do something that improves the job and therefore the life of thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of workers. So you can both do the right thing from a human perspective and also do the right thing from a business perspective. And that's really powerful. I have appreciated uh, getting to learn more about you and WorkStep, and uh, it's been an enlightening conversation, Jen. If people want to get a hold of WorkStep or maybe even connect with you, uh, what are some ways they can do that? Uh, Sure thing. Anybody can reach us at WorkStep.com or email me directly at Dan at WorkStep.com. Fantastic. Dan, thanks so much for your time. Thank you, Marcel. Have a great rest of your day. That wraps it up. Thank you, Love and Action Tribe, for joining the conversation. And you can continue the conversation and comment on this episode with hashtag Love in Action Podcast. And look for my show notes on my website. I'll be, be sure to include all of Dan's info and Workstep info in there. And you can do that at marcelschwantes.com. Frontline employees are quitting more than ever. Without a retention strategy, operations are at stake. WorkStep Retain can help give your frontline workers a voice to provide feedback and drive change. If you're ready to improve retention rates to ultimately overcome the workforce crisis, schedule a demo today 
by visiting go.workstep.com slash retain. Thank you for listening to the Love in Action podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it, subscribe, and leave us a review. Until next time, don't forget, the future of leadership is love in action. Believe it, practice it, and watch your business grow.